everybody. Are Welcome we... to another episode of the Making Sense podcast. Good. Good, man. I'm tired, I'm not going to lie, though. Why are you tired? Because I watched the boxing. I set my life. Did you sleep beforehand? Huh? Did you sleep No, because... I'm in trouble. No, I'm not saying that all the way to five. Well, I thought it was at five o'clock. So I set my alarm for five o'clock. And... No, no it started about four four thirty. Yeah. So I did sleep before. So, yeah, so I missed oh. missed the first four rounds, mm. and the, which is fine to me because I think I, I watched the best parts. To be honest, uh, it was a draw. It was a draw, which was BS. But, yeah, BS. That happens. Yeah, it's, yeah, it is actually infrequent. To be fair. Yeah, Fury got the case. Fury yeah. got robbed. Fury got robbed. But got you know robbed. what? As I was, there was a couple of things we were discussing in the car. Um, one person said that the count was a lot longer than 10 seconds. I'd have to go back and watch that. Um, and another one people are saying is it's kind of tough as a champion to knock someone out, so, knock someone down twice in a fight and still lose your belt. But in my opinion, Fury outboxed him that much that he should have still won. Yeah, I totally agree. Regardless of being knocked down twice, Fury was so much further ahead on the cards in my As opinion. I said online, Wilder fights like a kangaroo or like does. a street rat. Like he, he, he does, has no skill whatsoever. And at all and true. I'm a boxing fan now. I've been watching boxing for years I I'm not him. I mean I watched the big fights but I literally was watching it like what is going on here yeah, like why are none bit. of these punches landing why none of them were landing arms? yeah that's why I was so shocked that he actually landed too to knock him down yeah. mm. I think with Wilder he's a classic case of just being very athletic and very strong <coughs> and that's what's got him through for so long so yes we all watched the boxing if you except too. for Francis no that's why Francis there. looks all fresh faced and awake <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> prepared for today's episode. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here with That's coffee. As you should be. Message me at like eight o'clock in the morning. Ask me details about today. I was like, you outrageous individual. <laughs> it's a Sunday, but yes, uh, we're not here to talk about boxing too much. Maybe we should start a side podcast on boxing. Maybe not. Anyway. Oh gosh, <laughs> listeners, do you think that we've got the skills? I do. You think we've got enough of the yourself. knowledge to talk about boxing? Um, Francis is anyway, like, so this week's episode, yeah. we are talking about Brexit. Thank you. Yes. Again. But and again, because there have been some substantial changes. Yes, but are they substantial? And we'll discuss. <laughs> so before we get into it, we do our disclaimer. Please always remember we are not registered financial advisors. So the information we provide is just food for thought. So always do your research and consult a professional. Basically. There you go. Let's get cracking, B. So it go. Anyway, so uh, before I, you know, start off with some stuff I've been looking into, what's your, what are you guys aware of, what you guys been looking into, what you heard about Brexit, um, I suppose? You know, I was thinking, I was thinking, um, everybody's panicking, everybody feels like the government are doing the wrong thing and they've made an awful decision, but they didn't make the decision by themselves. They was voted. But... <laughs> Yeah, the general public <coughs> wanted to leave the EU, so now it's time to work with what's going to happen afterwards. I mean, I just think is. that um, we're not going to see anything until probably like 2022, because I think I was reading that yeah. um, we're going to have a transition, transition period, period from yeah. March until December 2020, mm -hmm. but then it can be extended, and that extension could be up until 2022. Yeah. So. Yeah. When are we actually going to feel that we've actually left the EU? Yeah. I don't think we're going to see much difference. And the only thing that I'm really thinking about is like <coughs> traveling and EU citizens. Mm. But that's still a great area. They still haven't really finalized what's that's going to happen. And supposedly we're not going to find it until March. So, so what I've been seeing is until um, during the transition period, UK citizens can still go to EU, live there, work there without needing any permits or visas and vice versa. 
Um, but yeah, that's going to change after the transition period. Um, the date of which will change mm-hmm. depending on whether it's extended or not. But yeah. Yeah. So, um, sorry. So one of the reasons, I suppose, I don't know, France, I don't know if you had anything, kind of what you've been looking into, what you've seen, your, your, even your views on it. I just think nothing has been decided. Obviously, this the current plan that they has. It, it looks like um, it might need a few tweaks, but it looks like it will go through. So I haven't got my notes with me because my phone is malfunctioning. So I'm gonna have to go off the top of the dome <coughs> like Eminem. Um, so you should be. Fine. He has got his notes. He just wants to pretend that he stores everything in his head. <laughs> go Please on, do not talk when it's not your lot of time. To do go so. on, babe. <sighs> Images. The things I have to work with. Anyway, so <coughs> what I'll start with is a quick, maybe, summary. Um, we've touched on it before, but maybe just a continuation from where we left last time to where we are now. So kind of as the guys have mentioned, we've got to a point now where we had four options, essentially, with Brexit, which was a no deal, where we literally separate from the EU uh, completely, uh, no negotiations, no kind of deals or nothing. No transition period. Nothing like that. Yeah. And we'd have to go to something known as WTO terms, which is the World Trade Organization, which is a gu- the governing body that kind of manages or governs trade negotiations amongst countries uh, throughout the world. Uh, with that, uh, there would be certain tariffs, uh, mainly affecting cars and food. So that's where we could see an increase. Of this. So that's how it could impact yourselves. You could see an, in price, an increase in prices of food and cars. Hmm. Um Tariffs on other things, uh, from what I've researched, are generally supposed to be around the 3% mark. So they're not too dissimilar from where we're at now. Uh, so most people, from what I've seen, is the places that will be hit by that will be cars and food. Uh, another option would be a hard Brexit. Sorry, another option would be a hard Brexit, <laughs> which is something uh, the likes of Jacob, Jacob Reeks Mogg, who uh, will be very popular. He, if you don't know the name, you probably recognise the face. Uh, he's probably the main Brexiteer at the moment. Looks like the stereotype of what someone thinks a British person would look like, right? Um, <laughs> I'm not even going to say what I thought. Cause go ahead. No, no. I um, I you hear the things like Dad's <laughs> Army, Little Britain. Yeah, it's an old school t- uh, TV program. Are you, you're not aware of it? Yeah. You're not aware of it? So it's about um, oh the gosh. National Guard in the UK during the, during the World War with Germany, the Second World War. Um, obviously, you have the guys fighting over in Germany, and then you'd get like veterans or just uh, uh, volunteers that would actually protect the country itself. So, you know, you've got all your troops out fighting. You'd have a, a national guard essentially made up of ex soldiers or just old people, not old people, but yes, people that weren't able to go and fight would stay and look after. Uh, so, it's a TV program, basically, very stereotypical, mm-hmm. traditional, old school British, British yeah. stiff upper lip type British, right? And they're saying he's Why are you laughing? the stereotype of that. Because that's what Francis used to do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, with that, um, that is essentially a deal where we'd cut most of the ties. So we still have negotiations with the EU. Uh, Rhys Mogg has even been quoted as saying that he'd be willing to pay certain money uh, to have, I think it's Dover, to make that transition uh, smooth. But many of the ties that we have with the EU now would be severed. Um, so it wouldn't be as bad as no deal, but it would still be quite a harsh separation from the EU. Yeah. and the various other bits of the EU, like the customs union, uh, the court system as well. So with that, that mainly comes from the kind of people that drove Brexit and wanted us to take back control of our borders and stop immigration and kind of make us more of an isolated entity and truly be detached from Europe. Uh, another option would be a soft Brexit, which is 
probably what most um, Remainers would settle for. And that's essentially kind of what, you know, Francis has said many times he thinks will happen, is where we leave the EU mainly in name only, and many of the rules uh, will stay the same. Mm -hmm. So we'll still stay within the rules of many of the things we're a part of. The, the, the one key thing with that, though, is we'd lose the right to vote and have a say in how these rules are set, which is a key thing, a very, very key thing. And I think... Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that already that's crazy okay so it makes you think are we at a point where it's we might as well continue with Brexit because yeah. we've got this far yeah I think a no Brexit is out of the question mm. do, you th do you reckon there's any movement there because I know there's been Europe, uh, people in the European Union who have said they welcome us back I think Barnier may have said it himself <laughs> you know uh, so is would they be willing to bend certain rules to have us back because if I'm Britain if you're going to say you're welcome me back I want my vote back otherwise there's no point me coming back right <laughs> well us having a second referendum would be breaking a rule right we'd have to create legislation I don't think there's that. no point of that anymore you don't think so nah what's the point I, I say before I used to think yeah it's a good idea right now so imagine when you yeah and that's a key point uh so if you want to know why people complain against having a second referendum because from one standpoint i think it would be good because i honestly believe most of the uk public or population was grossly misinformed when it came to brexit mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. grossly grossly misinformed and were they misinformed or actually misinformed Okay. I think they were both, I think they were misinformed and I think a lot of people were far less politically engaged as, than they are now. Yeah. Um, I, for one, you know, I started looking into politics and take paying more attention to it after the Brexit vote, simply because I never believed it would happen. And I think there's many more people like me. You know, you hear the whole cliche thing that one of the most Googled uh, terms after the, the, the vote was, what is the EU? Yeah. You know, and, and I can imagine that is the case. Because as much as I think people have broadly known what the EU is, but not technically what it actually does, how it, yeah. how it functions. Exactly. But is that people just not doing their research? Because the information's always 100%. been out there. So do you think that people have, were misinformed or they just did dig with the true. information? I think because they did it on the information, yeah. it was very easy to listen. Yeah. 100%. Which is the case with politics. Yeah, and that's yeah. why I think, you know, when you, and sorry, I'm going to sidetrack, I'll get back on track in a minute. But you know, in America mainly, where you hear this, you must vote or vote or die, whatever these campaigns yeah. are to get people out to vote, which is all well and good. But I think that's only half the, the battle. Being politically engaged is far more important. Mm, like course, just voting on something you know nothing about is still dangerous. kind of pointless, in my opinion. Yeah, this what goes back to what we always say: do your research. You have yeah, to. definitely, and so, be aware. You know, you don't have to be an expert in politics. You don't have to want to be an aspiring politician. But I think it's good to understand what they're doing and how they do it because it directly impacts your life. That's just me personally. Um, and even from an investing standpoint, what politicians do could directly affect your investments, right? I'm sure yourself in the investment world, you guys keep a, in abreast of what they do. So um, that's where we're at with it. Uh, but I'll give you a quick update to where we are now. Oh, actually, let me continue on the four options. So we had uh, no hard deal. Brexit, no Brexit, no deal, soft Brexit, or the checkers plan. So I don't know if you may have heard that. The checkers plan essentially is the agreement that May and her cabinet uh, what the cabinet is, is amongst the Tories or the Conservatives, 
you have a whole host of them that you know fill up one side of parliament and the cabinet is essentially her starting 11 think of it like that and the back benches are the reserves or subs right so the cabinet have direct jobs job titles and the rest are literally why, ministers why are you laughing because the analogies i use <laughs> they are and I, I think that's the best analogy to use there's an injury exactly you know they don't have specific jobs within the government but, but they're still a part of parliament in the house of commons and they still have a vote on whether we do things so that's the best way to think of the cabinet versus parliament anyway um sorry what was i saying so yeah checkers so that was may's plan that she pulled together with her cabinet um she had so one thing you would have heard is a number of them resigned because of it yeah mm-hmm. so rab uh, was it dominic rab uh he resigned someone else resigned recently uh um his name no and guy a man it's a black um, man yeah black guy i think he's gone in surname looks gone in i think yeah. Guyanum, Guyanum or something like that. sorry if i've butchered your name i'll get it right it'll be in the show notes he's resigned simply because you guys remember i mentioned galileo uh, the last brexit episode mm-hmm. which yeah, is yeah. the satellite so the american gps system is what we use now uh europe have created their own which obviously uk contributed to and we're no longer going to get access to the military part of that so our, our military will no longer will still have to use american satellites to do whatever they're doing which isn't seem to be in our national interest. So we'll have to create our own now. Is that the Minister of Science and Technology? It was. It was. And I will get his name. Hey, you're right, you're right. She looks quite <laughs> in this picture. I was quite proud. <laughs> I couldn't wait to post him on the Makers page, if I'm honest. Um, but yes, so Chequers was the plan she um, came up with. Many of her ministers in her cabinet weren't happy with it. She had resignation, resignations because of it. Um, and it was rejected by the EU, you know, the, 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 the parts of it wasn't in, to the liking of the EU and they said they weren't going to vote for it. Uh, what's happened recently is she's made some changes to that and the EU have now agreed to a deal. So the deal she's got at the moment, the EU have turned around and said, we're happy to accept that deal. Um, there was some issues with Spain who were going to reject it for a reason to do with Gibraltar. I won't get into, but that's been smoothed over. Yeah, they did. They did. I'm not too sure what was given up to get them to agree, but I know they agreed um, over Gibraltar. So you guys can look into that if you're inclined to. Uh, so where we're at now is that's her deal's been agreed with the European Union, and now she has to get it through Parliament. So everyone in the House of Commons needs to now vote if they're happy with this deal. Yeah. And the issue with it is most people at Prime Minister questions that I listened to a couple of days ago, most people are saying they're not going to vote for it, both within her party, Labour. DUP have said they're not going to support her, you know, so both Brexiteers and Remainers are all on both sides saying they're not going to uh, support this deal, which gets us to a point of where are we going to be? Yeah. You know, Francis said earlier that he thinks there may be some changes. I'm not too sure because the kind of things that will need to be changed, i.e. the Irish border, I don't think Europe will mm-hmm. budge on that. I really don't. So, and that's the, that's the tough spot that May's in, that she's got to appease her party, but she still has to negotiate with Europe. Um, Depending on what side of the argument you're on, some people think if we take a hard line with Europe and threaten to literally just leave, they'll have to budge because they also have skin in the game. They will lose. No one wins. You know, yeah. it's not like they're completely insulated from this if we go. Um, they will also, you know, shed blood, uh, you know, if we were to leave or if Brexit goes badly. Um, so that's where we're at. We have a deal that Europe has agreed to. It doesn't look like anyone in the UK is going to agree to. Um, so it's whether, you know, we get a slight change to that deal that gets agreed. Or if we have to go to a no deal Brexit, um, you know, you kind of said you don't think no deals are not. I feel like no forward. deal just doesn't give enough time to put things in place. The only reason I say it, so we had a very prominent ex-politician at work. I'm not going to say his name. Please don't. 
Okay. I don't want the men in black suits coming for us. Speak to us on Brexit and give us the insight, right? And um, what I took from him was basically that um, he said because the UK doesn't have a real constitution, and they won't know as they go along. Mm-hmm. If something happens, yeah, yeah, yeah. He says he thinks if it got to the point where there was absolutely no deal in sight, or there was nothing that people could agree on, someone would come up with some kind of law or something. Got you. Something. So he says um, the issue was how much deal, no deal, wow. Mm-hmm. So he says right now the, the main priority is basically to try to, even even if there's a deal that, I don't know, obviously you can't make everyone happy, but the, the main priority is to try to come up with something which at least by the end of March we can say we have a deal. Mm-hmm. And he reckons something to definitely come up. Got you. Yeah. Bird. Do you think Theresa May will bail out before March? As in leave? Make yeah. it a post? No. I don't think so. No. I think she's come too far and gone through too much yeah. to bail out at this stage. Yeah. Do you think there's a chance she might leave after? Um, I, she may not leave afterwards, um, but I, I can definitely see there being a situation where she's somehow, you know, there's been questions of no no, no confidence votes on both sides from Labour and from within her own party. Um, um, so I could, I can definitely see, I don't think she'll be here for much longer. I don't, I, I just don't think, you know what, even throughout this whole Brexit process, she's never had the support of many people. She's not seen very liked even within her own cabinet, which is her starting 11, as I mentioned, she doesn't really seem have to have, you know, to put the term uh, in a way we'd understand, that would ride for her, you know? Uh, every opportunity, they'll have a leave, they'll they'll t- tell people that they don't think she's very good, you know, apparently she alienates herself from people because she doesn't, she's not very inclusive, she likes to dictate to her team, she doesn't take on their opinions, which is a, often a common complaint of her. Um, so I just don't see her being there very long. I think she'll be there to get us through Brexit, and in my opinion, mainly because no one else wants that job. I think it's seen as political suicide to have that job. Because as you said, there's no real right answer. There's no real easy way to do it, right? Mm. No matter how you do Brexit, someone in this country or a number of people in this country are going to be upset. Um, so I don't think it's, there's no... And that's why you, I think uh, Cameron left, Boris ran away from it, Gove ran away from it, because it's hard to come out of this in a political good place. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I, I could be wrong. I just have a feeling that she won't be here very long. Um, but yeah, so that's where we're at. Um, you know, some people think that if we get to uh, a situation where the deal's rejected, that somebody, somebody may call for a second referendum um, as an option. And as we discussed, we here don't think that would be a good... I think that will make an absolute mockery of the government because it just means they've given us the option to choose something, we've chosen it, and they've realised they can't actually move <coughs> it forward. Mm-hmm. So where's going to be the trust going forward? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They have to find a way to make this work because they've put it out there. Yeah. So what is this about the banks leaving for Frankfurt if we go to Brexit, uh, when Brexit That's happens? That's kind of already happening, right? Yes. It is. It's, um, as it stands at the moment, a lot of banks, sort of foreign banks, American, Asian banks, whatever, they all have these big offices in London mm. because they use London as their gateway to Europe. Mm-hmm. So all their, their European clients trade with them and have business with them through London. Now, after Brexit, that will not be, um, that will not be possible. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. A number of banks. I know I have yeah. friends that are working on the projects that are doing it. Because the issue is, at the moment, and I was going to come on to this, I will do now. But yeah, the sorry. second one point I was going to make before I get into that is, uh, how much has it cost us so far? You know, so there's been talk recently, uh, Mark Carney came out in terms of talking about how much he thinks uh, a disorderly Brexit will cost us. But I was kind of wondering how much has it cost us already? And apparently from what I've read, um, apparently our economy is 2% smaller as a result of leaving, voting to leave. So even before we've left the EU, just because we voted to leave, our economy is 2% smaller, mainly because of the uncertainty it's created has meant a lack of investment, which means a lack of growth, you know, and, and it did make sense to me. Um, so, you know, it's already kind of hitting us already. You know what I mean? Um, we saw the pound go down. Did it, it rebounded? It went back down again. Yeah, it went down again. So we've already, it's already hit us in the pocket. We already, you know, we've already lost our vote in Europe. It kind of feels like we're already out already, you know? So even me, someone who was thinking a second referendum would be good, because I think more people are, are more, a lot more aware now. Even I'm thinking, yeah, is it too late? Should we just go out? Uh, in the best way possible. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if, we're, I don't know if it's going to be graceful at the moment. The amount of uh, political fighting that there's been so far. Forget the politics behind a second referendum. If it was on the table, would you guys choose it? I would simply because I feel like the concern of the policy Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think. Yeah, I agree. yeah, I agree with Francis as well. I think if we do a second one, you will see probably like seventy-two percent to remain yeah. and like twenty yeah. to leave or something. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think if it's a case where we can go back and be exactly as we were before the referendum vote, then fine. So the current deal we have, I think I'll give a quick summary of some of the key points. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a five hundred and over five hundred page document, which. I downloaded, but I've not read yet. 584 or something like that. Yeah, I skimmed through it today. um, And then I went and found some summaries to help me. Uh, I didn't have the time to read the whole thing, but I should. I think we all should. You guys, you guys on it? What take, like, should we break it up and have a section each? Yeah, how about that? Regroup. Read the uh, proposal. (laughs) <laughs> Francis, I say, I'm, I mean Francis. I was like, Sam, excuse me, what do you mean? Take no, no, I'm, I'm, it's f- I mean, oh, 580 something. Same book club. What? You read every day? You're... Yes. I was going to call you a boring guy, but I didn't want to be rude. <laughs> anyway, okay, so as Kalisha touched on previously, uh, we have a transition period. So we're leaving on 29th of March uh, next year. Mm-hmm. We officially leave. There's going to be a transition period till December 2020, where essentially we stay within the, the customs union, stay within the EU, without any voting rights, we've already lost that, as we've mentioned. Um, and that's essentially time for us to negotiate um, an actual deal, you know, or finalise all the terms of the, the deal. Um, the next point is the Irish border. So that's an interesting point, and one you would have heard many times, and one that we've mentioned before. So at the moment, there's no border between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. Uh, once we leave, that now creates a problem because the Republic of Ireland will stay in the EU, mm-hmm. Northern Ireland will be a part of the UK and outside of it. Um, there's something, so there's no deal there. And I think during the transition period, um, I think they've got six months until the end of the transition period to agree a deal um, about the Irish border and the fishing border as well, which is quite important. Um, but should that not happen, there's something known as a backstop, which is another term you guys may have heard. And all of, yes, the Irish backstop. And all that is, is kind of like a safety net in terms of an agreement. So it's kind of, okay, if we can't come to an agreement, this is the agreement we're going to have. And that agreement is that the entire UK will still stay in a custom union with the EU, which is a big issue for Remainers, such as Jacob Rees-Mogg, because the big part of Brexit was us taking back control of our courts and our borders. 
And that would put us in an indefinite um, arrangement with the EU because both sides have to agree for that to end. So that's a big issue, which I, I don't see, you know, I don't think they'll agree to have the backstop, but we'll see. Um, with that, what was I going to mention on that? I don't know, do you guys, do you think it's such a big deal? Because it, there's been some Brexiteers that have kind of said we should just let Northern Ireland go with the EU and forget them. That's the thing, because the big issue is they... Go on. Oh, sorry, you saying something. You know, they don't want to see a hard border between the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland, mainly because of the conflict. I think I mentioned it before the conflict. Mm. You know, you know, yeah, the IRA essentially wanted to take back Northern Ireland because obviously, way back in history, Ireland was an entire country of itself before it was invaded by the UK. <laughs> but haven't they already that's decided? True, but that's that, the thing. It's, they, it's they've a, already decided that they're going to. It's. They're not going to be part of Britain, but they're going to share citizenship and they're going to... Mm. Well, the thing is, it wasn't before the the Brexit decision. That's the thing. Everything was fine. They were doing it. They had dual citizenship. You yeah. could come and go as you please. It's only now because of Brexit that they have to think about what they're going to do going forward. And I know? think it's tough in Northern Ireland because you'll have a mixture of people. You'll have unionists and nationalists. So the guys that want to have a national, uh, you know, an Irish nation, a joined up national Irish nation, and those that still want to be a part of the UK. Uh, and I think that is the thing that people fear may cause conflict again. You know, people wanting to leave versus people wanting to have a whole island. And I think people want to avoid that. Uh, some people believe if we have a no deal that we could have a border between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland uh, and it not be physical borders. Yeah. being used using technology like yeah. cctv um pre-checks or checking things before they leave the depot rather than at the border um and and, and people like jacob Rees-Mogg, uh believe that you know the potential conflicts could be averted as well um the main issue for everyday people to be aware of it is that with that if we have uh the backstop we have to kind of negotiate we have to agree to fair competition with uh, with eu competitors mm-hmm. so we wouldn't be, always be able to act in the best interest of the uk uh, and we still would have to abide by certain EU rules. And that's the underlying tone that I found throughout all of this. And the WTO rules as well. Exactly. Is that we won't have the autonomy to do what we want to do. And that's a big thing to be able to, or the, the big benefit to Brexit, it feels, is that we'll have the freedom to do things that are in our own interest and not necessarily the entire European bloc. So namely creating uh, trade deals with the likes of China, India, America. Um, but that's the thing. It's hard Brexiters really need for us or really want for us to have that freedom to make our own rules because many of them believe that's the only way it will work you know because there are going to be things that are going to get more expensive once we leave the eu but they're saying that flexibility will have will allow us to make money in other places to compensate enough yeah so it's it's quite interesting to see how you know your stance can start moving towards uh wanting to leave or how brexiteers here see it you know whereas before i think most people thought if you were brexiteer you're a racist mm you know and no it's true because of the whole um, immigration and thing the, that was pushed exactly. for the vote um so it's quite an, okay financial markets we've touched on already um currently to uh, for finance to london financial center to access europe they have something known as passporting where they can literally uh, uh access the european client or the european market base um under the new rules they have something known as equivalency uh which is limited access essentially and we'd still have to sign up to certain amount of eu rules so that's the main issue there and the last one would be the divorce bill, uh, which I, I think has been that. quoted at like 39 million. Some people have it up at 60 million. But that's essentially. I thought it was us. billion. 
No, is it? Hold on. I thought it was 39 billion. You may be right. It is billion. It yeah. is. Yeah. It is billion. It is yeah. billion. Wow. Yeah. Well done, Cleesha. You've been doing your Googles. I, I like have it. indeed. Thank you. That's what I like. Help me, guys. Um, <laughs> Wait, what, what's, are you okay there, Francie? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you were just looking at the scene. I was thinking, excuse you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow, guys. You guys need a room. <laughs> or a ring, maybe. Yeah, you guys can do Fury Wilder. How about that? My money's on Cleesha still. <laughs> 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 when do you get a sense of humor bro what does when did you become funny oh wow that's debated yes so the divorce bill is basically us <laughs> we have a number of commitments that were made while we were part of the eu you know so <coughs> projects that were going on that we were part of that we committed to funding um that we'd have to pay for on the flip side there's projects happening here that places in the eu would have agreed to pay for and they'd have to fund that but yeah in net net we'd have to pay around 39 billion to the EU over a number of years, um, which is also another thing that Brexiteers aren't happy about because a large part of leaving the EU was stopping paying the EU so much money. So it kind of feels that we're in a spot where we're not going to get control of our borders. We're not going to get you know control of our, our legal system because we'll still have to abide by certain EU court rules. Um, and you know we're, we're going to have to still pay the EU money. So it's... I, why even bother? It's it's getting to that stage. It's a little bit crazy. Even free movement, which was another big thing, uh, the immigration, that's been extended to the end of the transition period. Okay. So if you are in the if you are from the EU and you're you've moved here, you've got up until the end of the transition period to come here. And if you stay here for five years, you can apply to stay here forever. Yeah. And vice versa <coughs> the other way. If you're a UK citizen in the EU, um, or if you're planning to go, if you go before the end of the transition period and stay there for up to five years. You can stay. You can, you can stay. Um, I know somebody doing that as well, actually. So if you're thinking of moving? So if you plan to go back to Germany, France, now's the time, bro. <laughs> Not trying to get rid of you or anything. And so that's where we are. There's, um, yeah, so we have a deal that doesn't seem like it's going to get much backing. So, yeah, while a lot of things have happened, there's still a lot up in the air, right? Mm. Um, one thing I can say, things are going to be disrupted massively. I do think we're still going to, the economy still going to be impacted by it. Um, just because of the uncertainty. Um, you know things like you know the financial center if that does you know leave the uk that leaves a massive hole in terms of employment you know there's always been the idea that <coughs> tech will take its place will it what will take its place tech um. so i was going to say if you want to find out more research about brexit you can actually apply for jobs at the department for exiting the european union on civil service jobs so they're actually hiring people giving out two-year contracts so you can go in there Looking for a look job? At, I might have a look at that. My chance to influence the country. So my, my calling in life. <laughs> More than you're doing now. You know, right? Thank you. <laughs> what a good wife. Well done. I knew you'd come through with me eventually, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um I think the last point for me before I think maybe we wrap up or <coughs> open for someone else is uh as I said earlier, Mark Carney, uh the governor of the Bank of England, our you know, national bank has come out and said that a disorderly Brexit could affect the UK economy by 8%, which is quite a lot. House prices could crash um, and it could be bad for all. Um, other people have come out and said that, A, you know, forecasts are generally wrong. You know, many, no one thought we'd leave the EU. No one thought Trump would come in power. You know, uh, I think there's a quote from um, Warren Buffett. Or I've seen, I, I want to research, make sure it's definitely from him. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Um, so there's much to be said there, but I think it's generally believable that, you know, if we get a bad Brexit, just because of the, the uncertainty, 
and the disorganization of it that it will have some impact whether or not it'll be as bad as what they've said and even he's come out since and said that's a worst case scenario um but yeah i do think yeah it's going to be definitely uncertain times you know i think the, the economic outlook any, any at the moment anyway is kind of unstable but yeah so that's where it's at guys um you know if you want to know anything more about it hit us in the dms on info at making sense podcast.com <laughs> say that with confidence g I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so long. <laughs> Sorry, guys. You can edit that out. No, Sorry. that's no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't choose it. Any. I'd have made it sort and convenient, but that's me in it. Sort and convenient. <sighs> you did mean sure, guys. Didn't if say there's sure. anyone looking for a podcast host, um, Sam's available. <laughs> um, <laughs> Is please? that all she does? Huh? Why are you saying podcast host? That like, that's all she does. No, no. I just want her off this podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of being abused, <laughs> you know. What? Go on. Oh, you thought I was gonna give him my wife? No, I just got her, man. Like, she's still got a rapping on. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, then wait. Are we gonna do? Um, what did we learn this week? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. We yeah. Are. Frank, Frank, you want to start? Why don't you want to start, bro? Because they don't. Because I picked you. That's why you want to. No, I don't want to start. Do you know, what, Sam? Would you like to start? Um. No. <laughs> why, why? I will why start. Yes, go for it. Go on, Kalisha. If your throat tickles, oh, wow. scratching your ear can make it go away. And oh. that's facts because I do that. And it actually helps. Hmm. Yeah, you do that. Ah, this. Yeah, when your throat, I, when your throat tickles. Have you, have you never seen Darlene do that? <laughs> yeah. What, that? <laughs> My aunt yeah, did yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> In public the other day, I said, don't, don't you do dare do that in public. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. That, I do that all the time. It's so bad. It's so bad. Yeah, yeah I do. I do. It is bad. Oh, one time I've done I do. it in, in public, I was like, shit. I think so I've I can't done do that. My sister's like, Sam. I was like, oh shit, so I thought I'm at home. Yeah, yeah. Go on, Sam. Um, <coughs> I learned that by law, if you are first aid trained, you have an obligation to perform first aid duties at in the workplace if somebody falls unwell and requires it by law you don't you can't by law you have to do it you have a legal obligation outside in the public no but at work you have to that's just the law you can't do that you have to have a, you have you have to have a moral responsibility huh it is fair you're trying to save a life what do you mean so if you don't like somebody and they're dying and you're first aid chain you will just leave them Wow, learn something every day. <laughs> and he's not denying it either. Oh my gosh, I, I don't even want to hear that. Sentence. So let's end it here. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to the Making Sense podcast. Uh, please subscribe, share, retweet at Making Sense PC on Instagram and yep. Twitter. Use the hashtag Making Sense PC to join the conversation. Yeah, we're on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Castbox, all of that. All of them. And also let us know what you think is going to happen with Brexit. Do you think we're going to actually notice a change? Do you think they're going to make a decision before March? Or do you think we're doomed? What do you think? We really want to know. Or do you just not care? Yeah. Yeah, that's an option. That yeah. Really an option. Just go with the flow. See what happens. But thank you for listening, guys. And tune in for the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.